Birds with Friends is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they are able to get you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I'm telling you, Sunday morning, see what the weather is like, go on GameTime, and make the drive down to beautiful Landover, Maryland, and pay your homage to this 2019 Eagles team. And while you're at it, watch a terrible Washington team. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, and the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still, Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell, shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some birds with friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo, Wolf, and are coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, no. so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Wednesday afternoon. Bo Wolf here, Shilkapadia there, Zach Berman also there. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. I've got 57% battery on my computer, and my power cord has stopped working, so uh, safe to say I've got a hard out today, my friends. Mm. Now, does your computer shut down early? What kind of battery life are we talking about? No idea. I guess we'll find out. If you disappear at some point, we will... Uh, assume that it's not your computer, it's just you storming out. Well, that's probably more likely. Yes. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got some bird on the street, presumably some Squall 22 uh, to get through, and uh, let's let's start. Zach, we were at the Novacare Complex today. We heard from the coordinators. We had a, a really busy locker room with lots of guys being uh, very talkative and all this good stuff, so why don't you give us the rundown? Sure, so it's, it's really the past, I guess, 20... Six hours or so that have been interesting. Uh, Doug Peterson's press conference, which we covered in the birds back and forth on uh, from Tuesday, uh, where Alshon Jeffrey has a, a significant injury. That is the most significant news. Then there's also Lane Johnson is week to week with a high ankle sprain. Um, in the case of Lane Johnson, it sounds like they're leaning toward playing Halapulavati Vitae at right tackle and keeping Jason Peters at left tackle. He's week to week, like I said. And then, in Alshon's case, they have not made any transactions yet at wide receiver. Uh, I thought Bo did a great job detailing all the possibilities in addition to the players on their own practice squad. But at this point in the week, it's Wednesday afternoon when we're taping this, uh, my guess is they are inter- they'll look internally, whether it's one practice squad player, two practice squad players. The intrigue is with Nelson Aguilar's status. Nelson Aguilar, he spoke today and, and he acknowledged that his knee has been bothering him since the Minnesota game. And he further injured it, or it certainly didn't help it, in uh, against New England on that play in the end zone. And so he does not yet know the timetable. He does not yet know if he'll be ready to play Sunday. Uh, certainly the Eagles need to be prepared, or better prepared than they were this, this past week. So my guess is there are two practice squad players promoted. Nelson Aguilar did not sound super confident that he will get to play this week. Now, Doug Peterson on on Tuesday, or I guess maybe it was after the game on Monday, just said they, they sort of ran out of time with Aguilar, which gave the indication that, you know, maybe he was pretty close. Now, I don't know how you run out of time when it's a Monday night football game and you know the time the whole time. But uh, Aguilar said he he's sort of in a stalemate with his knee right now, which doesn't, I mean, that doesn't sound great. And, you know, I got to say, as much as like the Eagles could use a professional receiver, if I was him, you know, he's he's a free agent to be. Like I know that the, the team needs him, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that they're going to get him back this week. No, that's 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 a good question. Although with the free agent to be part of it, if if he can finish the season off with 
three strong games, then certainly his stock will look a little different. When you look at kind of the aggregate of his performance, he 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 needs about seven catches per game over the last three weeks to get 60 catches again. He had 60 catches, at least 60 catches the past two seasons. I know that sounds like a lot, but when you're the, the number one receiver, in yeah, there's offense, no way he's going to do well, that. Well, think about like the Tampa Bay you, game last year. He, the Atlanta game this year, when those other guys aren't on the field, when Alshon and, and Deshaun are, are not on the field, um, Carson does look his way quite a bit. So it'll be interesting. To I, I, f- I feel like Berm loves the 60 catch. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, it, if Berm is a GM looking for a wide receiver, <laughs> anyone under 60, they're out of here. Anyone over 60, <laughs> sign them. <laughs> I'm looking, I, I look for certain no, plateaus, you know. So, yeah, yes, yes. It's, it's like the well, old expression well, about numbers, you, you know, what they – yeah, yeah, go on. I mean, you said you said three games. I mean, I three games. I'm talking about seven games. He's got to uh, to show what he can do in another uh, playoff run. <laughs> you're thinking of a Super oh, Bowl run? Yeah, you're already you're already going there. Yeah. One Boston's got juice, yeah. and you're already talking Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. Why do you have to? Uh, why do you have to limit yourself? I mean, honestly, I don't know. You are, you are right. You know, we probably give. It shouldn't matter too much to GMs and executives what a guy does in a small sample size like that, but we know that uh, they should usually not be given the benefit of the doubt, and they have recency bias like everyone else, especially if he were to play in a playoff game and play well. Those those things uh, do matter. So, yeah, he has a business. Well, yeah, but if he gets injured again, then all of a sudden right. his market's even lower. Yeah, so. he's, well, I mean, yeah, I don't know how much lower it's going to uh Go here, but uh, yeah, I guess if it's a significant injury, you, you could be right. And and now does his, his you millennials uh, man just <laughs> looking out for yourself? You know, it's it's not about the team. My my question for you guys is is so knowing that he's been injured now since October, does that change the way you view his season? It does not. Not submit. particularly. Yeah, yeah, no, because I mean the plays he's the, the what he was screwing up at was not catching the ball and tracking the ball. I mean, if he weren't, if he was never getting open and he like got the ball and he looked really slow, this is a knee injury. So then I would say, okay, he's actually done sort of the hard part sometimes, which is getting open, and then he can't do the easy part, which is tracking the ball or, you know, making a contested catch or neither of those, just catching the ball when it's right in his hands, those types of things. So I don't know. It doesn't seem maybe you can factor that in a little bit, but I don't see the two don't seem too related. As for the move they will make, uh, you know, presumably Alshon goes on injured reserve and Doug calling it a significant injury in Doug parlance means that, you know, he might, he might lose a leg, but, uh, I'm like, there's a part of me that would certainly like to see the Eagles just go into this game with two healthy wide receivers or maybe, you know, just have Greg Ward out there just to just to stick it to us all. But uh, if it is one of the practice squad guys, they've got three practice squad guys. I know, Sheil, you're well versed on these guys. You know all about them. But, uh, you know, Mark and Michelle, we know a little bit about he was here throughout the offseason. I think that it would be, you know, he only came back last week. So it's not like they thought super highly of him, but at least he has some. Uh, a bit of a rapport with Carson Wentz from the offseason, more so than Robert Davis and Marcus Green. Marcus Green is shorter, quicker, more of a gadget player type guy. And uh, Big Bob Davis, as Daniel Gallon and I both called him simultaneously the other day, indicating that our brains are broken. Uh, Big Bob Davis is the guy I think probably will get called up at some point. He's a little bit taller, I want to say like 6'2". He's got a little bit of speed. He was a sixth-round pick of Washington in 2017, so he's not super young, but... uh, I guess he's got a little bit of experience, a little bit of quickness. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just making this stuff up, basically. But but he does seem like uh, the next guy up. As it we were. should say right, so for how- our, our listeners that his name is Robert Davis. So this this Big Bob nickname has been has been given to him by Bo. <laughs> but uh, if you're an Eagles fan and you're saying, "Oh, they promoted Big Bob Davis," no one would know who you're talking about. <laughs> so I think we should mention it's that. Pre- it's a pretty easy jump from Robert. Listen, I can tell you from uh, my vantage point, no one knows who you guys are talking about anyway. So uh, that you know, how many of those people did you make up, Bo, and how many of those were real? The guys you just <laughs> I 
should have made up. You're right. I should have made up one of the practice squad guys. Yeah, you should. Well, Just. well, you know, if this organization deserves the benefit of the doubt on anything, it's being able to sort of evaluate their own talent, specifically at wide receiver and running back. So I'm sure whatever the right move is, they'll make it, and we in no way should question it. Well, well. Speaking of Daniel Gallon, he had a good hypothetical. You know, what if what if uh, Robert Davis and or Mark and Michelle comes up on Sunday or Sunday has a big game. Uh, does the, he, his question was, does that change your opinion of Carson Walsh? And my answer was, I don't know how it changes my opinion of Carson Walsh, but it definitely uh, reinforces the opinion that this team has no, I no idea what kind of talent they have. Like, uh, it's, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, that would that would not surprise me if. Uh, well, actually, all right, it would surprise me, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world, I guess. It would not change my opinion on Carson Walsh, by the way. <laughs> Fair that, enough. That ship has sailed. Okay. Uh, Zach, what did we hear from the coordinators? Well, in the case of Jim Schwartz, and I, I imagine Shield's going to be touching on some of these plays in our Squall 22, as you like to call it. Um, he, Jim Schwartz took a lot of blame, or all the blame, for the Ronald Darby, or for the uh, touchdown that Ronald Darby allowed, the Darius Slayton touchdown. The first one. Yes. Uh, where he said that the focus on that play was on keeping them out of field goal range. It was it was third and long, and if the if Washington kicked a field goal there, and I'm sorry, if the Giants kicked a field goal there, and Eagles lost by a field goal, we would all be killing him for allowing a field goal on that play. So uh, so he was really focused on not allowing them in field goal range, and uh, he 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 left them exposed. And Eli threw a, a great pass to the back hip that Darby played well. And uh, he just he just took it to the house. So Schwartz said that's not on Darby, that's on him. Uh, was very complimentary of Malcolm Jenkins. Was very complimentary of Vinnie Curry and Josh Sweat for that matter. And then said that in the play that Shield pointed out on Twitter, the flea flicker that they bit on, uh, that Josh Sweat made the play. That was that was almost the first time the Eagles got beat on sticks defense. Schwartz said he he made sure to mention that it, that the their undefeated streak on on sticks defense was uh, was was vulnerable if if not for uh, Josh Sweat making that play, and then uh, so that really stood out in the Jim Schwartz conversations. Um, thinks Dwayne Haskins is going to be a good player in this league. Just hopes not on Sunday. Uh, from Mike Rowe, a lot of the, the questions were about Boston Scott and Greg Ward and the practice squad receivers. Um, and, and then Carson Wentz, he thinks Carson Wentz is going to have a lot more performances like what you saw on Monday night. And then in the case well, of Boston of Doug, Scott, that's on the heels of does not think, Doug saying Monday that he thought, sorry. That's on the heels of Doug Monday saying he thought Carson Wentz's performance was the best performance of his career. Yes, which was hyperbole in my opinion, but it certainly was. <laughs> yeah, of course. It, it was. certainly was a strong performance, though. I mean, and, and given the circumstances, it, it was among the most impressive. But I, th- I don't think it's the best. The best I thought he played was Monday night against Washington in 2017. I think it's a good sign. We've been calling for them to forget about the Super Bowl season. You know, that True. that's not this team anymore. And uh, Doug apparently has forgotten, has wiped that entire season <laughs> from his memory. You yeah, know? I think that's well said. <laughs> that, that one strong half against a team that had lost eight in a row at <laughs> home <laughs> where you scored 24 points. Was it 24? 23 <laughs> points yeah. could possibly be, you know, for a guy who was in the MVP conversation two years ago. I know what he was trying to do. And, I know, and yeah, he listened and you guys talked about it after the game. And so I, I actually have no issue with um, him saying that. But uh, I like that, though. That's good. Yeah, if anybody else actually thinks that, then uh, you're crazy. All right. Well, why don't we get to the Squall 22? I, I feel like we've, we've exhausted uh, what, we were, what we're going to hear from well, in the last couple well, of days just because in, there was nobody else it, in the locker room talking. Yeah, yeah in, in, in terms of grow, we should say that uh, he thought that it's a little unfair to say Boston Scott has Darren Sproles qualities. I like the, he said that's a really long shadow, which is it's not a, a literal expression when you're talking about Darren <laughs> Sproles. I'm allowed to make that joke, right? As as a uh, short person, yes. okay. If you guys made yeah, it, I, like I'd be a little offended. Yeah, vertically challenged. Yes, yes. It's like me making fun of an Indian. Yes. Yeah, you're good. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> 
Or yeah. me making yeah. fun of yeah. the so, white guy. Uh, no, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll say that Grow, whatever illness Shield said he had last week, uh, Grow has passed that illness because he was, he was back to the, uh, to the Mike Grow bone knows and loves. And oh. she'll uh, and she'll. You do not have to watch this press conference. Oh well, yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't going to really, really. Regardless, that was like a that's a once a season request, really. Yeah, for, for well, I feel like that's fair. Yeah. So I get your cliff. I get your cliff notes from Twitter. That's all I really need. Yeah, that's right. If I if there's something that I missed that's not in there, that means you did a bad job, not me. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Sheil, you have uh, you have poured over the tape. I'm sure. Uh, I don't know if you burned your eyes after the first half, but but what can you tell us? Well, let's start with the uh, defensive plays that Zach just alluded to with uh, Jim Schwartz. Uh, it's nice of him to cover for Ronald Darby. It, you know, it, yeah. I mean, it's not like all he did was just miss an, an easy tackle. Yeah, he didn't call some coverage that was like close your eyes and like you know uh, run behind the line of scrimmage or something. Like you know, he, he, it was a six per, six man pressure. Uh, it was man coverage against a rookie receiver. He was in position to you know make the tackle, which would have set up, I think, like a. I don't know, like a 50-yard field goal or something. It would have been, you know, 45, 50 yards, and he missed the tackle, and the guy ran to the house. Like, that is not the coordinator's fault, and I don't really have a problem with him trying to get them out of field goal range there. It's actually 100% Schwartz's fault, Why? as I heard today. No, oh, that's just oh. what I was told today by oh. Schwartz. Oh, uh, yeah, and, you know, that doesn't it doesn't seem crazy to, to me to call a blitz. I mean, I generally think – their blitzes have been terrible this year. I, I don't know. I would have to dig into the numbers a little bit more. But if the mindset there is let's kind of knock them out of field goal range or maybe get a sack or maybe get a turnover, uh, you know, I think it's reasonable to ask Ronald Darby to cover a guy. I don't know. That yeah. that uh, that could just be me. The flea flicker was very interesting because I don't know if you guys watched the TV broadcast or not. But uh, Booger McFarland sort of made a point, which actually I thought was a valid point at the time, which was you're calling a flea flicker on like third and 13. The defense is not going to, you know, normally you want to do that on like an early down where the defense says, all right, they might actually be running here and you wouldn't really run on third and 13. But that didn't stop the Eagles from biting on the fake. Right. Uh, your boy. And wasn't it also like a, it was like a draw action too. So it, it wasn't like it was, it was extra inviting for the pass rush. I think that's right. And yeah. uh, your boy, Marcus Epps, who, by the way, when I was, Tweeting out the play, I did write. I did write Mike Epps by accident. Okay, good. At first, and then I deleted it. Marcus Jeff, Epps. Jeff McLean said he called him Omar Epps on the radio today. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really making all kinds of headway. Oh, your brand, your brand is very strong. Uh, Golden Tate, yeah, ran right by him. Where if Josh Sweat is not in the backfield, there he was really the only guy. He had like a hold of Eli Manning's jersey. Uh, if he's not in the backfield there, uh, very easily could be a 67-yard touchdown on a flea flicker midway through the fourth quarter, which is like a, a season-changing play, really, if you think about it. So that uh, that was not a good play. Let me see. What else do it I have? It was a nice play with, by Josh with, Sweat, though, which I think is important for you it guys was, to acknowledge. It was. Josh Sweat, yeah, I will give you full credit. He has played much better, has been much more impactful than I thought he was going to be this year. There's no doubt about it. You notice him when he's out there. I don't think he's Daniil Hunter, but I think, you know, if he's a rotational <laughs> pass rusher who brings you a little bit of juice for 20 snaps a game, then that was a pretty good pick, and maybe there's a higher ceiling than that. Uh, you know, if he gets more of an opportunity, I, I don't know. But I, and he's I, still very, he is still very young. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. This has actually been a night. This is, you know, uh, on a roster where we can't point to many guys as success stories this year. I would say that uh, his progress has been encouraging. Correct. Okay. He who laughs uh, last laughs loudest, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I laughed. Uh, all right. <laughs> Other plays in the first half, it was really, I think it came down to like three plays. We mentioned the Darby one. Uh, the other one was uh, Slayton runs right past Darby for a 42-yard gain. By my count, that is in two weeks, Ronald Darby has allowed four catches of 35-plus yards, including two touchdowns to the Dolphins and the Giants. He's been very bad, and I asked 
uh, Jim Schwartz about him today because he had just cut, you know, he was coming off a long answer about Malcolm Jenkins and how consistent he is and how that's so important. And I said, well, do you see that consistency from Ronald Darby? And he gave one of his uh, classic like four and a half minute soliloquies uh, about sort of everything that goes on in defense and everything about <laughs> Ronald Darby uh, and how important it was that he was able to switch sides when Jalen Mills got hurt. But I mean, he has been he has been really hurting them the last couple of games. Yeah, I think it. You know, I think your point was when they got Darby and Mills back. You were, I think, you made the point that well, at least they'll only give up twenty twenty five yard plays and not fifty yard plays. Right. Well, he's given up, you know, thirty five yeah. forty yard plays four of them in two weeks. So, uh, so that is not good. And again, these are not high powered offenses. You are uh, going against here. So those were. I'm trying to think. I think those were the two big plays in the first half is there one that i'm missing oh yeah the uh, 55 yarder where they had the miscommunication busted coverage right. mcleod and darby right yes and then who did you think that was on i don't know didn't you one of you wrote about it or you talked about it in the pod right or no D- didn't we i thought so i heard ago. one of you say something uh about it i, I thought mcleod maybe took uh, responsibility for it but uh i could be wrong either way that's bad. That's a coverage bust. You know, the guy's wide open. You give up a 50-plus yard touchdown. That is not good. So, you know, those three plays were really the first half in uh, a nutshell. I thought there was one other play where Eli looked for Golden Tate in the end zone where Jenkins came back and uh, and knocked it away. Do you remember that play? Really nice play, yes. I, I thought that uh, it was a nice play. I thought Eli, you know, screwed that up. I, I, okay. I, I think if the ball if the ball came out sooner or had a little uh, little more velocity on it, I think that that's, uh, that's probably a touchdown. They really had Jenkins leaning one way, and it looked like there was an opening there, and then the Giants ended up settling for a field goal there. Uh, so that, that was kind of a big play. Uh, second, big play. second half, uh, one thing I noticed on third down, they did go to a lot of two deep safety looks, and I think, Bo, you tweeted out that they played more zone, Schwartz said, than man in the second half, right? Yes, he said more zone, more two deep safety looks, and he said it was because of the weather. And so he was sort of like he was going on he was going on the Darby thing like the you know the missed tackle by Darby he didn't want guys to have to cover one on one and and uh, you know have it depend on individuals because of the the footing uh, at the at the link so that's his excuse. How how was the weather in Miami? It looked like a nice well, day on TV. I'm just asking. yeah exactly. So I think I think if you're an Eagles fan, you need to be you need to be praying for rain the rest of the season. <laughs> ask ask Malcolm yeah. Jenkins about the weather in Miami, right, Bo? Yeah, uh, I believe F the climate is what <laughs> yes. he says. Oh. No, no, he said, I don't, I don't give, give an F about the climate. Yes. You know what? I wish I could answer that every time I'm in an elevator and someone, oh, boy, it's raining outside. I wish I could just <laughs> respond with that Malcolm Jenkins, uh, as my wife can attest to. Uh, a rage fills me inside when I get roped into weather conversations. I but. am a <laughs> I am a chief offender of the elevator conversation about the weather. Yeah. So really, oh yeah, to, su- to the surprise of I am a chief offender well, of you're in the elevator with someone, and and you're like, man, I wish we could bottle this weather up every day. You know? Oh <laughs> gosh, uh, you are the one causing me rage. Although I, you know, this may come as a surprise to people, but I do feel like I am socially adjusted where I can, you know, you get off the elevator with me and you think I might have enjoyed that conversation, not knowing what's mm-hmm. happening inside my uh, deranged mind. Mm-hmm. And Just anyway, like Gabe Kapler. Okay, I'm not quite sure what that means. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so. Did you? So the second half, did you think that they, uh, you know, I, I know. You, they played more zone, more more too high. Did you think they were doing anything in particularly uh, interesting, or was it just uh, the Giants being the Giants? No, I mean, I don't. It wasn't like the Giants were moving up and down the field in the first half. You know, they still what they started the game with two punts. It really were those three big plays, and uh, you know, then by playing two deep safeties, it helps you. The Sidney Jones play, which you guys talked about, wasn't incredible. That's just like uh, uh, as I, I tweeted after the game when Bo is peppering me with trivia questions from this game 10 years from now, I will never be able to remember that Sidney Jones just came in and like had this great pass breakup out of nowhere on a, on a key third down with 135 left. But anyway, uh, Nate Solder is terrible. What a bad signing. They were just mm. uh, eating his lunch. You know, he was falling down. Uh, he was playing terribly. And it wasn't even Darren Barnett. It wasn't. Yeah, Vinnie Curry and uh, Vinnie Curry. Josh Sweat. Yep. 
All right. Uh, the offense, where do we begin? Give me some guidance. Well, definitely not in the first quarter, right? Because it was – Well, yeah, well tell us what, yeah, what was so bad in the first half. Uh, you know, I thought if I had to name, like, if I had to prioritize the issues, uh, I would say the offensive line actually was the biggest issue. Hmm. Uh, that first drive, you know, not blocking Marcus Golden. Uh, I don't know where the miscommunication. Yeah, that was awful. I don't know if they talked about that or not. Probably not. You, I, I think Jason Peters would have shot you a look if after a win you asked him about that sack in the first quarter. <laughs> but uh, that was terrible. I, I don't know. The broadcast thought it was on Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, Coach Flynn thought it was something with the left tackle or the left guard, whatever it was. You you know, they only rushed four. And right, right, this was not a blitzer. No, this was a right defensive end who was down, a down lineman who's their leading uh sacker and he comes unblocked and sacks Carson Wentz so that kills one drive second drive Isaac Sayamalu got smoked on a play where I don't know that Alshon Jeffrey has created this much separation on a play all year he toasted the cornerback uh, wide open down the left sideline Wentz is looking his way and he has, the ball sails out of bounds because he gets crushed as he throws it and I don't know I, I've been pretty underwhelmed by Sayamalu I don't know what they're plan is here going forward whether they feel like they need to bring in someone to compete with him whether they think he'll just get better with more experience but uh you know he's okay i you know he's, he's not like killing you every game but i definitely would not describe him as above average overall this season so after he's no suo <laughs> so so after that play alshon kind of signaled over to the sideline to take a breather and uh they kind of look okay. at him like there's no one to go in right now you know and then, then later in the game, he oh, oh I didn't but, even put uh, that together. Yeah, kind of shows, no, 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 no. But it it it, it just kind of showed you though that the state of the Eagles' wide receiver core that you know, like you said, Alshon ran a good route, ran all the way downfield, and typically after you after you run downfield, sometimes you you get a play off, uh, but there was there was no one else to go in because they only had three receivers active. So, so did he did he just stay in the game? Yeah, or did he just they stayed go in the to like game. a different personnel. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> no, he stayed in the game. Yeah, they 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 couldn't take him off the field. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Um, then there was you know that Brandon Brooks holding call, which is pretty ticky tacky, but uh, that negates a touchdown. I actually thought that was one of Wentz's most impressive uh, throws of the game there to uh, to Greg Ward. That was kind of an improvisational play. Uh, he threw a bullet in there, but that got called back. Kelsey had the bad snap, so you know those are four plays right there that just kind of really ruined drives in the first half. And then Dallas Goddard had a, a big drop on a third down. Uh, I didn't think Wentz was the problem. I mean, he missed a couple throws, but I thought those other things were more of the issue than Wentz in the first half. So the second half, Doug has sort of credited uh, tempo with turning things around. Is that does that pass muster in your eyes, Shield? Yeah, I, 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 we've, I think we've all been calling for them to use more tempo early in games, and you know, just let Wentz kind of. I, I don't know. It feels like the more he's thinking about stuff, the more he's making sure he quote unquote lets the offense come to him, makes the right throw, all those things. I mean, those are important things, but I feel like they've just sort of overcoached him in that area to a degree this year. And I think the tempo did help. And I don't know if it was the tempo or what, but that was a horribly coached defense. I mean, if you look, unbelievable. At, if you look at the Eagles. Big plays, you know, they got a busted coverage. L let me do a little control F here and make sure I hit all of them. You know, I think there was a big uh, Zach Ertz play, I believe, in the first. Uh... Okay, there were two plays in a row where he was wide open. Yes, and I think on the, uh, I want to say the, uh, I don't, I don't have it now. Anyway, <laughs> there was, uh... I think it was the first, their first touchdown draft. I think. Yeah, it was the second one to him. Yeah, yeah, because the first one was a uh, improvisational play, right? Down the right sideline. Yes. Oh, yeah, and he, and he just turned up field. Yeah. Yes. And then the second one I had was, uh, yeah, the 30-yarder. The 30-yarder on the left side. That looked like a coverage bust to me. Then there was a big play in the third quarter to your boy Boston Scott, like a little swing pass to the right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was also looked like a busted coverage to me where nobody was on him. That was a big play. Dallas Goddard's 28-yarder. That looked like a busted coverage to me where no one covered him. And then we know the game-winning touchdown, uh, unbelievable that you don't, as Carson Wentz said after the game, that you don't uh, cover 
Zach Ertz there. So those are four big plays that really, you know, you can credit the offense, I guess, if you want, whether it was the motions or the tempo. Uh, but really, that that was just some terrible defensive football by the Giants for sure. Well, I like, I like, I think it's, I think as you've said, uh, you know, you're going, we, we, this has been the season of all these different defenses doing interesting things to take Zach Ertz away. And then you go against an Eagles team without all of their wide receivers. And it's like, it's all, Zach Ertz is all they have. And yet he's just running wide open all over the place. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, you had that, uh, I li- I really liked your uh, day after on, uh, Boston Scott, Bo. I thought that was one of your best of the season. No, thank you. I, I think that was your Craven LeBlanc of 2019. You know, <laughs> I was, yeah, there you uh, go. Unknown guy steps up. Uh, let, let's tell people about him. Yeah, well, I like I like when everybody's around a guy, but you have something a little bit different. Which you did, which was uh, which was good, and I thought he, the, the sort of appreciation from his teammates really shown through there. And if anybody watched the Doug Peterson, I was going to say, yeah, it really shown shown through there also, right? Yeah, him and Sidney Jones got the two huge pops from the from the locker room after the game. Yeah, uh, I thought the the my favorite Scott play was it was a, a little I think it was a check down or a dump off or whatever to the right side, and it was like he just juked Janoris Jenkins. Uh, yes, you know more wiggle than any Eagles player has shown all season. And then you know Marcus Golden was pursuing from uh, the other the other side, and he runs through that tackle and he picks up 17 yards. It, you know, it was one of like the best plays by an Eagles skill position player all season long. I mean, it is silly. Like we for for an offense that has lacked any kind of like make you miss ability one on one, that that it has taken this long to get him involved in any way. I think it's true. I think it's a it's a fair criticism about do they, you know, do should we be trusting them to know what their, you know, their evaluations, what they're looking at, all those different things. This guy, as Zach would say, has been in the building and they've sorely needed playmakers on offense. And, uh, you know, it was only one game. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame, but uh, I thought it was a pretty impressive performance by him. And as and as Jimmy said, uh, a guy who they brought in literally a year ago at this time off another team's practice squad. You would think that they could they could look for somebody like that at running back in, in place of Jay Ajayi or at wide receiver where they desperately need somebody like those guys are out there. So uh, they don't need to keep bringing back these these retreads. My favorite my favorite play was the uh, the run in overtime where they went heavy on the left side and then did the sort of pin pull to the right and got Kelsey and Brooks out in front. That was a, that was a fun play. I thought I thought that was uh, maybe the coaching staff's finest moment there. You know, that, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I thought that was schemed up nicely. It was to the same side. It was a little toss. So, you know, a lot of times defenses say, all right, the back's offset to one side in the shotgun. The run's coming to the other side. Uh, it wasn't. It was to the side he was already on. And then they had kind of the orbit motion with Greg Ward to the other side. That pulled the defender over there. And then they blocked it up well. Yeah, so I thought that was a very good call in overtime, a 25-yard run there by Boston Scott. Let me see. What else do I have here? In the, in the second half, you know, I thought this could have been a really disastrous stretch. There was a, a stretch where on the drive where they missed the field goal where Miles Sanders did a bad job in his blitz pickup and they Josh Perkins was wide open for a touchdown. I mean, they, they had a great call on the Giants. I don't know if they busted the coverage or were confused or what, but if Wentz has time there, and, you know, a, a lot of things go into it, I'm not going to say guaranteed because we've seen this team turn guaranteed touchdowns into incompletions all year long. Uh, but, you know, it, it was there for a touchdown, but uh, Sanders missed the blitz pick. It, it was the play where Wentz then rolled to his right, did the duck under, you know? Yes. And that, oh, yeah. and that, that was the, the pass interference that was not called. Yes, that was, that, that, was, that yeah, they yeah. challenged. Yeah, that was the same yeah. play. So, uh, oh, you okay. know, it came to that, but it, it didn't need to come to that. They had a touchdown on the other side, actually, of the field. And then on the next play, uh, it was the deep ball, I believe, to Greg Ward. What a perfect throw. Which was an, a nice thing. And Ward said it was tipped, right? He was staring daggers yeah, at you, Zach, after the game. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there was that. And then after that, they missed the field goal. So, like, if this is a game they lose, I would be looking at that sort of three-play sequence as uh, as a disastrous one. Uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, uh, that, that catch down the sideline looks really nice on film. I mean, the way he has, you know, his release off the line of scrimmage, the way he has to kind of look over his shoulder and adjust to the ball and come down with it, it was like, all right, this is kind of the guy – they have been hoping to see here that that was an outstanding catch. 
and he leaves the space between him and the sideline. He doesn't get too wide, so he has the room to make that adjustment. It was probably you could make a case it was the best catcher an Eagles receiver has made all year. Yeah, I can't think of another one. I mean, maybe there's an Alshon Jeffrey one in there somewhere. I don't know, but uh, it, it it was definitely a very nice catch, and it was also it was sort of a weird situation where Wentz he had he was forced to trust these guys. You know, in this game, it was like right. there's no one else. You're down by two touchdowns. Nothing's working. Like you know, if that if that were last week or two weeks ago. Maybe he doesn't make the throw. Maybe he tries to scramble. I don't know if he would just say, all right, it's one-on-one. Let's trust him to win. And so I think it's really important kind of, uh, you know, in that respect also. I thought that drive was one of Wentz's uh, best of the season. You know, he, it seemed like he was just kind of really in a rhythm and feeling it and getting rid of the ball. And uh, the the game-tying throw to Zach Ertz was a really good throw. You know, he kind of, there wasn't a lot of space there, and he just sort of had to trust Ertz and fire it in there. And he did. So that that also was very nice to see. And then uh, over time, I heard you guys talking about the Miles Sanders run. That That's so interesting because, yeah, that the scheme did not work there. I mean, he's he stopped at the line of right. scrimmage. And it's really interesting because that was third down, I believe, right? I think it was a third and two, I want to say. And so if you're stopped there, what do you do? Are you kicking the field goal or are you going for it? You had the ball first, you know, the other team hasn't done anything um, for the entire second half. I, I don't know if you guys have a thought we on were, that we or were talking to discuss. About it, we were talking about it live and uh, I said that, well, you were, Zach, you were all about taking the field goal. I was, I was thinking about going for it, but knowing how bad the Giants offense had been, I think I said I probably would have taken the field goal too. Yeah, I, I think seeing how, you know, they punted at the end of regulation. And uh, it wasn't a game where he was making decisions that said, I trust my offense. It was sort of let's stay alive and uh, see what the defense does kind of deal. So that would have been an interesting situation, but nice individual effort there by Miles Sanders. And then the touchdown, I mean, I still have no idea what <laughs> what the Giants were doing. It's uh, it's kind of bad. Like, even if you don't know the call or there's miscommunication, doesn't someone just say, like, all right, you know, I'm just going to run with Ertz, and if somebody else – I don't know if that's how defense works or whatever, <laughs> but they're all just sort of standing there in no man's land, and the guy runs right behind him. Really terrible job. Uh, so, again, I think they're poorly coached on defense. The What Pat Shermer – him screwing up the end of regulation, that was terrible. They could have had the ball back with, you know, 35 to 40 seconds left, two Ridiculous. timeouts with a chance to drive for a field goal. He's just has no idea what's going on. What did you think? Did you think Doug Peterson was uh, just sort of faking like he was going to go? Or did you think he was actually in that moment deciding whether to go for it or not? In that moment there, I think he was deciding. Uh, okay. Yeah, but there you play at the end of the half. Oh, I actually thought he, I thought he was faking. Oh, interesting. The fake, 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 fake. The play at the end of the half, um, or, or I, I, I think what he was also doing was bringing it down. If the Giants didn't call a timeout, then he would call a timeout with like a second left and then throw a hail mary, you know, um, because it was a fourth down play there. But the, the play, yes, at, exactly. Yeah, but the play at the end of the half, um, Bo asked him about that, and when he. Looked like when they sent the field goal unit on, then sent the offense back, and Shermer called a timeout. He said he was doing he was doing three things there. He either wanted to take the delay game, have the Giants burn a timeout, or have the Giants jump off sides. Okay. Which is such an interesting, like flip of fearless. Well, you know what else was interesting was that. Coming out of uh, halftime when they went to Lisa Salters, she had caught up with Doug Peterson. And he he said to her, like, we need to start playing with more confidence. We're still in this. And I'm thinking, look at the decision you just made. You know, why should they be confident in themselves when you're not showing any confidence in them that they can do anything? So, uh, you know, that that was when it really felt like it was rock bottom of the Doug Peterson era there at, uh, at, at halftime. But then they rallied back. By the way, you know, I, I had a tweet at halftime. You know, you tweet during games how you see the game unfolding. And then uh, I don't know if it's a listener, a subscriber to The Athletic, uh, but I just got to call him out either way for, you know, that aged well. 
two hours after the yeah, game. Yeah, give me a break. Give me a break, you loser. <laughs> don't talk I mean, about really. our subscribers. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he's a subscriber. And if, and if he is, good riddance. <laughs> I mean, he, like, yeah, like, I mean, who was like, watching that first half and yeah. thought, uh, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't deserve to get called out for this nonsense? It, it's a, that whole culture is just so annoying to me. Like the fact that he's taking time out of his day to tweet at me, this aged well. Like it wasn't a hot take. It was a. Uh, it was. Uh, this is what's happening right now in the game, and this is the issues with the franchise. Like, am I, am I not allowed to tweet during a game because it what could, what's happening in the game could change? Like Ridiculous. go to go to every time you have a a a feeling to tweet at someone this aged well like go do like ten jumping jacks or something you know go uh go hug your hug a family member donate to a charity do something else more constructive with your time I I have a different view on this than uh, you do oh my god <laughs> is right. no, my what view is, is is like why do you or anyone care if someone objects to a tweet you have like like you put out what you, what you think they fired back your day shouldn't be affected or your mood shouldn't be affected by someone coming back at you it's 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 all part of uh it's all no. part of them following you that's my point no, 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 no. If they come back at me with something, you know, like a, a reasonable point or, you know, they have an issue with something I said or wrote, I will interact with people. I have been doing that for, a, you know, a, a very long time. I totally agree that's part of it. I don't understand people who say they don't read their mentions. Like, you know, these people uh, are taking yeah. the time to care about what you say. But this aged well is, is not <laughs> reflective of that, of that process. Good riddance. Fair point. I want you guys to keep arguing about this. <laughs> All right. Well, I got 31% uh, well, battery left, so what else we got? I, I, I also wanted to add that uh, I, I just wanted to say Shield had a, a spot-on take on kind of the takeaway for Carson from this game because in in, in Carson's biggest in, – I'm sorry, in Carson's post-game comments, he said, quote, for me, I've got no choice but to trust these guys, uh, which was which – was, almost verbatim what Shield just said, that, like, the lesson for Carson is you just got to trust these guys. You know, you just got to throw it to them. Well, and that's why I said that, like, the the most important trait the Eagles can get in a wide receiver that they're going to bring up is just someone who Carson Wentz is willing to throw the ball to. So, like, that's why, you know, Mark and Michelle could be the guy, or maybe it's Bringing back Shelton Gibson from the Browns practice squad, or uh, I, don't, uh, I don't, I don't think he qualifies as. as I don't think, actually, I think he's pretty much the opposite of that description. Yeah, you're probably right. I kind of like the idea of the the guy on the on the Packers practice squad, Darius Shepard, who was. Uh, a North Dakota yes. State teammate of Carson Wentz. Oh, I that well, you know, I, I I'll admit I just skimmed this back and forth because my eyes were just glazing over with all these receivers who I'd never heard of. But I did catch that one. I'm a hundred percent in on that bad boy. Yeah, yeah, he's got. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't think that's the number one. I think number one should be uh, a guy who can create separation would be nice. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean that's uh, yes, obviously. Separation and smarts, whether you know, yeah, somebody who Wentz will trust to be in the right spot. I don't want there to be a big learning curve. Like if you can get those two traits, uh, I don't really care how tall they are, how much they weigh, whether they can make contested catches, any of those things. I think those are like the 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 two traits that probably should stand out above all else. And you know, I don't I don't necessarily. It's hard to blame Wentz when you kind of look at how the season has gone, you know? Right. Like, he has tried to trust them, and they've come up small time and again, but it, it almost like it's almost like a cornerback. Like, you just sort of, in his position, have to have the amnesia and say, like, there's no, there's no second option, you know? Like, you just have to keep going to them and seeing what happens, and maybe they'll make one of those plays. Like, I, I loved the play where he extended it and did the duck under and fight. That was just like a, you know, it's, we're putting it all on the table. Like I'm doing whatever it takes to keep this play alive and I'm taking a shot. I don't care if the, if in the film room on Monday, they say, Hey, you know, be smart, throw this ball away. Don't take a hit. Like that's not the situation. That's not who I am. Like I would show that to him and be like, this is what we need from you. 
the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, I, I've been harping on it. I don't know how much the messaging really matters and maybe it's different internally than it is to us, but, uh, that's just sort of been a point of contention of mine with how they, how they've described him all season long. Uh, what'd you guys make? Of I would the, like a uh, good, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I would like a a Darius Shepard signing just just for the uh, the Carson <laughs> element of it. There was one point in 2017 when the Eagles had three North Dakota State players on their roster. When CJ really? yeah CJ Smith and Andrew Bonnet, he was like a fullback, uh, oh and and they didn't it, they had more North Dakota State guys than they had Alabama guys. I think they had. They had four players from Florida State, <laughs> Florida, and LSU that year, uh, and then they had three from North Dakota State. But like all these other big programs, wow. they had more from NDSU. Well, you know, those North Dakota State uh, playoff games, I think they're usually on earlier in the day on Saturdays where a mm. lot of the, you know, a lot of these other organizations, they're still at the hotel getting their breakfast buffets. And uh, usually the Eagles are watching those games, so they do have an edge there. Or they just don't drive through snowstorms the way Bo Wolf does. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's true. What did you guys make of the uh, Wentz uh, gender reveal video? Happy for Carson and his wife. Is there any Uh, other take to have from it? Well, I'm (laughs) uncomfortable with most videos that involve shooting and guns. uh, Especially guns and babies. (laughs) To each his own. (laughs) Uh, speaking of guns and babies, uh, Zach, why don't you give us a read? Speaking of, right? Um, well, if if at, at some point here you were deciding to gamble whether or not Carson was going to have a boy or a girl, then you're probably the type of person who enjoys the DraftKings Sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is officially available in Pennsylvania. As the trusted leader in daily fantasy, DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting and is already America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so much going on this week, you'll definitely want to take advantage of the convenience to bet wherever, whenever with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is so easy to use, you can deposit, place your bets, and withdraw in a matter of seconds. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. And if you're already betting in PA, bet with another book and take advantage of DraftKings' great sign-up offer. Get a free bet just for signing up. You download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use the code TOSS, T-O-S-S, when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet just for signing up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Don't forget, sign up with code TOSS to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet up to $500 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Restrictions apply. Well, Sheila, I know you're uh, you're hard against time. Why don't you give us your ombudsman notes? Okay, here's what I got. Uh, you said Zach asked you if you watched The West Wing, and you said it's on your list. When was that show on? Like 20 years ago? 10 yeah, years it's ago? On Net- it's on Netflix. Who who has shows on their list that are so old? I mean, well, it's not at the top of my list. You know, you're the guy who says you're stressed out, like you can't get to all the current content, and you know you have stuff you need to yeah, catch up. Yeah, this is part of the reason why. Okay, well, I'll give you a little tip: cross West Wing off your list <laughs> and move on to the next <laughs> oh, thing. Okay. Jeez. Other than <laughs> other than Zach, nobody is going to be bringing that up to you. You know, it's 2019, so uh, I know there are people who love that show. I've never seen it. I'm sure it was fine, but uh, I'm just trying to, you know, if you want to cut down that list you're gonna have to make some sacrifices and i think that's probably one of them uh, okay uh, i thought you had a weird flex with the uh i you know you're like hey i i airdropped that bad boy on your computer <laughs> yeah you really uh, you really just uh, you know a little, little, little weird weird brag there but uh you know that's okay uh, that was a little inside joke between zach and i, uh, I uh, he, didn't, he didn't realize i didn't realize that i was doing it to his computer when i did it and so it's the funny thing so you were trying to put it on somebody else's computer? I was trying to put it on my own computer. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, that was interesting. I love how you gave a story about how you, like, you've lost 12 pairs of headphones, and now you're hoping somebody's going to gift you like an expensive pair of headphones for the holidays. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you, I have no, uh, I have no defense for that. I mean, why would you even make the? You know, just get the cheap headphones. You can't be trusted. No, the cheap headphones are garbanzo beans. Okay, well then stop losing the expensive ones. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, agree I remember. I remember we were on a, a road trip somewhere. You're in the airport. You're feeling great about your AirPods. You're looking good. I'm complimenting you. And how long did those things last? Not long enough. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I thought that there is a there is a I, I have dealt with this uh, with sunglasses. I know past. that's right. Yeah, like, I remember you know, I, your for, sister. Your your sister got you a pair. I remember that. Was yeah. Well, pair. so this is for a long time. I was only getting like ten dollars sunglasses at CVS because I was I was assuming that I would just lose them because I would just lose them. But something about the expensive gift makes you feel even more responsible for it and more hyper aware of where they are at all times. Yeah. So why do you keep losing them then? I don't understand. I only lost one. Okay, that's sunglasses. But uh, okay. if I was at your point, I would be very paranoid. I, like, I would I would have those headphones. They would be like high on my priority to make sure I always knew where they well, were. Well, they are high on my priority list. I, it's, not like I lo- <laughs> it's not like I lost them. They, they fell out, and then I just assumed that they were still in the thing. It was an odd sequence of events. Okay, I wasn't listening that closely. But uh, okay. all right. Uh, who schedules a doctor's appointment the day after Monday Night Football? You okay? It was, automatic- it was automatically scheduled. It was... What does that it was mean? Like, well, it's like these are you give a window of times what when does that you're mean? available, and then they, they pick a time. What? What kind of weird doctor are you going to? What? That's through the it's through the website. You pick your day and your time. What do you, Zach? Am I right here? Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Yes. <laughs> Listen, time. You're going to sign the time to the doctor? Yes. What do you it's get like, like sometime in December, and they just tell you when you're showing up? No, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning, something like that. And then they say, they say, can you come Tuesday at ten thirty? And you look at your schedule, and you say, yeah. I, so I confirmed it. I, it was my, it was my choice to okay, accept the yeah. appointment. You say I have a Monday night game that night. I have work that night. Yeah, but I was going to be up and getting no sleep anyway. We had to, we had a 12, 12 o'clock press conference. It's not like I could have slept in all the morning. Also, for uh, I mean, this 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 might sound ignorant if if like there was. A real impetus for going to the doctor, but 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 we have like a, a four month season and an eight month all season. Like you can't schedule a doctor's appointment <laughs> in, in June and July. You have to schedule it in the yeah. thick of the season. Uh, I mean, yeah, we don't want to push you too much. But yeah. was this something specific, or was this a general checkup type appointment? Well, it was a general checkup with one minor one minor uh, thing that was of. A little bit more time. Since oh, well, then I'm, oh, I am okay. being ignorant. Um, I apologize. Then I am sorry. Yes. Fine. No, it's, you're, no. It's totally you're fine. Yeah, your point was valid. And then he, this is, you know, yeah. this is like him coming back. He didn't say uh, that didn't age well. You know, he came back with the, uh, <laughs> he came back with a valid response. You don't have, you don't have to feel bad. Now we're all on the same page. All right. Well, hopefully everything's okay. You're on the uh, pod here with um, us, so that's good. Totally fine. Okay. Uh, Bo, you really threw that one wedding under the bus from 2017. You're like, you're like, I missed two games. Yeah, I was games. hoping to move past that. Yeah, you're like, I, I missed two games because of weddings. <laughs> one I would have gone to. The other one, eh. So uh, sorry to that bride and groom uh, if, they are, <laughs> if, if they are listening. Uh, I really enjoyed Zach. Uh, coming back at you with the chip thing and asking you if you were in your feelings. That I thought was a top. That was a top ten post game pod moment for me uh, this year. That that was outstanding. And I, you know what? I I have heard the stories like uh, not quite firsthand, but secondhand about that really being a thing where people in the building, you know, thought that Chip didn't like them because he didn't say hi to them. Uh, I was kind of was that. I thought Chip was always when I saw him uh, was always pretty friendly to Mayor saying. He, he even had the confidence, you know, to say my name, all that. So, anyway. Yeah, and he re- he re- he returned. He re- he was the one guy who replied to your uh, thank you note. Is that right? That, that's right. Well, I don't know if it's the one guy, but yeah, he was one of the guys. Uh, Zach said about uh, his wife, she doesn't go snooping around my phone that often, which indicates that she does sometimes <laughs> go snooping around your phone. I didn't know if, I didn't yeah. know if there was more you wanted to get into there, or if you wanted to just leave that out. But I thought that was interesting. No, there's. I mean, there's there's times where she needs to like get something off my phone, or I'll I will. Like tell her like uh, like can you check okay. that on my phone or something? If I'm driving, for instance, yeah, then uh, and and she's in the passenger seat, and then I'll have her sometimes respond to a text, so I don't text and drive, you know. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I personally wouldn't describe that as snooping, but uh, teach his own, as I said earlier. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing, you know, but with your little uh, uh, shields all tucked in in bed, you know, I'm not going to bed at 10 o'clock every day and like sleeping <laughs> and like sleeping until noon and, you know, do, doing no work. So I, I took a little bit of issue with that. You know, I was up writing stuff too. I mean, maybe not up as late as you guys were, but uh, I do like that now you're, now you know what it was like for me writing those day afters for all those years. Yeah. Listen, I told you that in the very beginning. Yeah. I, I realized that, uh, that right away. Okay. Uh, but I mean, you know, you were you were asleep at four in the morning when we were recording that podcast. So I don't I don't really feel bad about that. Hmm. I never accused you of not working. Okay. Well, uh, listen. A little, don't little, get in, don't get all in your feelings. Little uh, little barbs here and there, you know. All right. This is only uh, your first year doing that. I mean, I was doing the day after and the birds twenty four seven days, and then coming back and doing them. Come on, you're, Tim. You're, Tim gave me at, at some point this season. Uh, Tim McManus gave me like, oh, you're doing the day afters, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, the knowing, the knowing nod. Mm, like, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a small fraternity there. Yeah, that's right. All right. That's all I got. I'm at 22%. Okay. Uh, last thing, Shield, what penalty do you think the Patriots should get for their rampant cheating? I don't know. I don't know what the, what, what's the scale? What would be appropriate? Um, fold the franchise? Well, that would be one option. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I do. I haven't read everything about it, but uh, I feel like this is so very quickly trying to get pushed under the rug. It's, it's, it's infuriating. Well, the idea that it is like no big deal is crazy to me. When, given their history, given what was happening, given that the Bengals offer a no comment, given you know the athletic story that we had up that it was eight minutes of the sideline like i don't know that doesn't that seems like there should be some type of explanation for that if you're shooting this kind of cushy you know cushy documentary about a scout why are you on the have the camera on the sideline for eight minutes and then the idea that it's an independent thing yes. the independent company is robert Kraft's company they're right. not go, they're not going to you know some like some somebody who has nothing to do and and then when you you have the reputation as a head coach of sort of, you know, being all over every aspect, everything that happens with the organization, then, you know, you have to answer for stuff like that. So, right. And what, and as, and has been pointed out, what is more likely that uh, this is the first time they have been trying to do something like this since, uh, since the original Spygate or that they've been doing it all along. And this is just the next time they got caught. I mean, on what planet does Bill Belichick approve a documentary like this? You know, of them like focusing in on a scout, like on an area like scout, exactly. That's something he would just crush right away. Normally, I don't know. Well, that's how I feel. Anyway, did you want to kiss the ring real quick, sir? <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I don't know uh, where I, I stand on this issue. I, I read the athletic story in Cincinnati. I read the athletic story in New England about it. Um, to me, it, it seems like there's just, like, too convenient of plausible deniability for it. You know, like, every, you know, everything was, like, set up to say, like, oh, they had nothing to do with it. And so th I'm a little suspicious because of that. The other thing, well, the, the excuse I, I don't buy is that, like, Bill Belichick has too much to worry about than this if you're the type of person who like worries about everything like you worry right. about every single thing so uh so that doesn't fly with me now i i do know that like the patriots do um a lot of independent production stuff at the super bowl for instance they had like a television studio created in the mall of america um for their broadcast like like not just a set an entire studio and they were around the clock on do your job network that's what it was called so that is something that is true Rick. but uh from the, to be filming b-roll for eight minutes uh first off that seems like a lot of b-roll number one and it seems like a very specific place to shoot b-roll too you know so uh so uh, yeah i i am skeptical here uh but i i don't have enough information in terms of what the punishment is it's hard it's it's hard to say I, I i really don't know certainly the punishment to the reputation would be more damaging than anything else in my opinion i mean at the very least if this were another team i would probably 
just be like, all right, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But at, at the very least, it warrants a, you know, investigation, like a, a, seri- a legitimate investigation about what exactly was going on here. I think they needed more B-roll on Baltimore and Kansas City and Houston. So mm. There you go. Wow, taking a shot. That, that, was, that was a joke. Mm, spit, spitting on the ring. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I respect what the Patriots have accomplished. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. All right. Well, Sheila, we made it. Now you can go figure out what's wrong with your chart. Yeah, what should I do here? I guess i got to schedule one of those appointments, go in and take it in and see what's going on. It hasn't didn't work so well for Zach. Now I'm worried. Now now I'm worried that the uh, virus is going to hit me next. Well, thanks for your uh, concern with me. You're just worried about how it affects you. It'll be good for you to get some human interaction during the week. Eh, I don't know about that. You should ask okay. the person at the Apple Store about the weather. You should be like, did, did you get stuck? <laughs> did you get stuck in the snow this morning? Well, this crazy weather. Yes. It was so nice yesterday, and we had snow today. Yes, yes. There you go. They'll Make be, up your mind. They'll say this guy's so friendly. Yes, I have all these interactions throughout the day. Here's someone who takes an interest in me, and if, and make sure and make sure you call him exactly. Or her by- is it her name? If they introduce themselves, hi, I'm Sally. What you say is, hi, Sally, nice to meet you. I'm Sheila. There you go. <laughs> Just repeat the, the, the only name. Thing that w- the only thing that would be more out of character than what you just mentioned if, <laughs> is if I went in and said, happy Wednesday. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to Zach's uh, etiquette book in the offseason, his next, his next uh, book endeavor. All right. For uh, Shield and Zach, thank you for listening. We'll be back on Friday to preview the game against Washington. And as always, we love you.